Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. This is the Fantasy Baseball Prospect Podcast, Prospect One. I'm your host, Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at is it the Welsh, online at inthisleague.com, where my prospect stuff lives, ranks, P180Ps, Dynasty, Prospect, First Year Player, whatever it is. If you like, or well, if you like what I do, or you just want like more of prospect stuff, go and check it out. Appreciate it. Five bucks gets you access to those ranks. You want to do a little bit more? You can get in the group me rooms. Amazing community. Guys are setting up leagues. Prospect questions literally lead the pack. The prospect one room is always going on, and you never know what's going to be going down. Plus, you are supporting the work that uh, I'm doing over at Prospect One in this league. So I deeply appreciate it. If you would like to check it out today on the episode, our favorite hitters. That's right. This is the hitting version of what I did with pitchers last week with Jeff Ponce, though I did feel, and that was, by the way, like a pseudo version of pitching ranks. I felt like I was able to get away with more. It's hard to get away with talking about every single hitter in the entire land in two episodes, because that is what we are going to do. But we are going to talk about our favorite hitters. Who are we? Myself and Upper Beck. That's right. Dynasty Duckouts. Beck, Upper Beck, you can find on Twitter, Upper underscore Beck. He's going to be joining me. We are going to be talking about our favorite hitters, a little bit of the top end, some of our top 100 favorite hitters. Then we are going to break into a part two, just like I did with Jeff Ponce. And part two is going to be dealing with deeper names of the top 100, plus a few other little anecdotal things that are going to go on there. So this is going to be a two-part series of our favorite hitters in the prospect land, the targets, if you will. And I'm excited to be bringing this to you. It will be one episode this week and one next week because double dipping a little bit because I am going out of town. So if you live in the Nashville area and you'd like to say hi, that's where I will be. I will be in Nashville on a Fantasy Pros trip. So I'm getting ahead of the game. And then when we come back, oh, we're going to be getting into one of my favorite series, the Bold Prediction Series, which has always been great. We get uh, analysts. I usually I'm probably going to do a two parter where we get analysts to come on short stint, pick a hitter, pick a pitcher and go bold prediction style. And uh, I actually got to start fully booking that, but I got some people we'll be recording and we'll just be compilation of a bunch of analysts. And that's going to be very fun as we get into the start of the season. Uh, Also camps are going on. I've been at camp every single day. The only bummer is it is very minimal in prospects. 
Some of the access has been weird. A lot of it has been pitcher catcher. Technically, the hitters just had to report on Monday. So there's only been like two days of it. I will say that I saw Tommy Troy today, but right as we kind of had to leave, they were closing off the facility and we had uh, Drew Jones, who, by the way, I will report Drew Jones swing absolutely looks more simplified. It does not look like the mess that it was. I know there was video out there. Uh, I got to see him in the cage as we were leaving. There was Jack Hurley, Tommy Troy, Jakey Joseph. They were all in the cage. And this is just cage work, of course, but um, it looked better. It looked so much better. It didn't look like that weird, like click, click, like that's kind of how it went. It was, it was like a three-step move. It looks way more fluid. I'm super optimistic about that. But I, you know, you got to see him in like live pitching action, not just in like the cage. But I got to see Drew Jones. That was good. Jack Hurley looks bigger, by the way, and he was pounding the ball. Tommy Troy looks uh, a little bit more filled out than he did last year. It's hard. I look at him and I go, man, this dude looks like if he were a little bit taller, he looks like a lockdown third baseman. It is. I get second base vibes from him. I just don't get shortstop vibes from him, especially if you go and compare like what Jordan Lawler physically looks like. Lawler, you know, continues to kind of like thin out like Lawler just looks like a more prototypical shortstop. Tommy Troy does not have that feel. He has, to me, more of that like thicker bodied second baseman look. But I think he's probably also going to be working at third. I say all of this and he just literally might be their comfort zone of shortstop, but I didn't get to see him in any action, but that's kind of my point. It's like very minimal action that we're getting to see. I was at white Sox camp. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez was out there. I did get to see him a little bit. He was getting, um, he's getting bullied around by Garrett crochet, but like Noah Schultz came out, but we couldn't get access back to where they, where he was pitching. So the prospect stuff unfortunately has been kind of minimal. I haven't spent a ton of time at the Padres and Mariners to get you guys those usual insights, but I will continue going out and I am excited when I can report more prospect information. I've had more major league information. Um, I was telling people I got to hang out with Justin Steele with the Cubs. He's awesome. Uh, You know, we, I had some time talking with like Brian Wu at Mariners camp. It just hasn't been super, super prospect related. And I'm waiting to, I didn't get a bunch of my info from my buddy, Dennis Sidler, who did some signings with Colt Emerson, Matt Shaw, Jackson Churio. I didn't get to sit in on those. I, I could have, I wasn't, I wasn't not allowed. I just couldn't make it. I was only able to do the Justin Steele stuff, but he always gets me some fun information on those guys. So as far as camps go, I will be reporting as I can, as minor league camps really get underway, as the minor league games happen. And as everybody knows, in three weeks, we have those I think it's two days where there are these minor league versus minor league games. And I will go out to a, a couple of those or whichever ones I can you know, easily get access to. We'll get a whole lot more minor league information coming up here as far as like what camp does and everything like that. But, you know, the, the non roster guys have been accessible. Oh, you know what? I can tell you one. Christian Robinson looks great. It is so weird. If I could go back on the path of Christian Robinson from this big kid, big giant kid, down to this guy that he lost. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Say, I like you. I like you so much, I'm going to make you my partner. All you have to do is find the gold, and I'll share it with you 50-50. Prospect One. Favorite prospect hitters, it's time, and we've got Upper Beck. I will say, one of the better Twitter names. One of the better ones that exist out there. At Upper underscore Beck. Beck's in the house over at the Dynasty Dugout, and potentially in Arizona fall league or not yeah arizona fall league outfield home run derby near you that's where beck and the whole group of us were all sitting out there doing the the crazy chaos watching people fight for baseballs and stuff like that we got to spend a decent amount of time together brother man thanks so much for hanging out with us what is going on it's good to see you i've been chomping at the bit since you messaged me about a month ago to get on the show so um i haven't seen you since arizona it's good yep. to good to see your sun-kissed face. I'm sitting in Minnesota. It is <laughs> yeah. 27 degrees outside, so I'm excited to be here. I'm getting burned. I'm get, I, I'm not realizing it every day, and I'm like the very first day. It was like 40 degrees in the morning, and I went out to Dodgers, and I just did the stuff, and then I got home, and my wife was like, "Oh my god, did you put sunblock on?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't. I didn't think about it because it was so cold." And it's still getting cold, but now I'm on the rhythm and I'm trying to, you know, a little bit because it gets very, it's very deceiving. Arizona weather can be deceiving. You're like, oh, it's nice seventies, but you're out there watching beautiful baseball. Just your head's up to the sky because you're like, oh, this is heaven. And then you're fried and you're burned. And then your teeth look even whiter, by the way, when you get your face nice and red. But yeah, Yeah, that is in the backfield. Yeah, There's (laughs) a silver lining. The desert is a little deceiving. Uh, I get burned every year when I go out to the to the AFL. So yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like seventies, eighties or something like that. You think it's just gorgeous weather. And then you go and get fried when we're out watching prospects together. And that's what we all got to do during the AFL. And Beck has been doing, you've been doing some great stuff uh, over at dynasty dugout. And, you know, uh, it was great for Chris, for you and Chris to align for you to have like an outlet to do stuff where you just put together this like robust top 100 of like really heavy, uh, write-ups and I know you're, I, I, I don't want to presume, but I think, isn't your primary focus like OBP? I think you do a lot of OBP stuff, but it's um, points leagues. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Point. Never mind. The exact yeah. opposite. Points. That's what it is. It's points league. Oh, the dreaded points leagues, guys. Mm-hmm. That's right. But not easy. Um, lots and lots of good coverage. You're definitely making yourself a uh, a prominent voice in the prospect world because of your analysis, and that's why it's great to have you here because we are going to be talking about our favorite hitting prospects. A little bit different than the pitching side where. Jeff and I were really able to, again, as I told people, this is like my cheap way to kind of be like, this is ranks, but you, you know, I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk about every single hitter as we're not going to do it here. So it's a little bit different. So we are going to focus on some of our ha- favorite hitters and just some conversation pieces inside the top 100. And then we will talk outside some of the deeper names in the favorite hitting prospects. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And let's kick it off with, I, I know every especially prospect shows people that consume prospect shows are like, you don't talk about like the, the top guys. We need the deep. Everybody always wants the deep names and we're going to get there. But I do think at this time of year, at least it's still, I think it's a good focus to have these little tiny pieces of conversation around the top guys. And specifically in my mind, the core four, as we've called them, Wyatt Langford, Jackson holiday, Jackson Churio and junior Caminero. That's the core four. Even though my prospect ADPs, had a consensus it really was it was kind of spread out like some guys would be two and three and it's all over the place and i think we've seen some different number ones if you go to ranks across the board i think it's uh i think clegg has got Caminero at one i have jackson holiday at one i think james has white langford at one i mean it's all over the board you know we're getting all of these names so the core four here's what i'm going to ask you and and then i'll come back in reverse of the core four prospects who do you think fails? Now, they might not all fail, by the way, so don't get on Beck's case or anything like that. But like, who do you think has the highest likelihood of failure of those core four? Okay, I have an emotional answer and I have a logical answer. I think it's important for people Great. listening for the emotional answer that I am a Brewers fan. And so I live through the Alcides Escobar is going to save the franchise uh, through the Lewis Brinson is going to save the franchise mm-hmm. through, you know, a number of, of hitting prospects, not really, you know, one that's panned out uh, homegrown since Ryan Braun and that whole crew. So my, my anxiety brain tells me it's going to be Jackson Churio. That said, I mean, double plus hand speed. He has uh bat speed that is well above the major league average. So he's able to put pitches kind of anywhere in the zone over the fence at 19, which is, just bonkers. And then you pair that with double plus foot speed and elite defense and center field. Um, it feels like it's pretty likely it's, he's going to pan out in real life, which is why I have him at five in my ranks. But I do worry a little bit that the hit tool isn't as solid for Churio as it is for Langford, um, Holiday, and Caminero. So that the emotional you know bit of that is I've watched a lot of really highly ranked Brewers prospects not pan out. Um, yeah. And I worry a little bit about the hit tool. It did get a lot better in 2023. Um, and obviously he's going to test it in the bigs this year. So we'll wait and see. So are they marrying? Wait, so did your did your emotional and logical, did they marry? Because I thought you were going to give us two different well, names. Did you marry them? Maybe halfway through. I think my, my, my brain okay. caught up. Um, I do think it is probably Churio. What I will say is for 2024, um, Caminero, you know, news that he's not going to start with the big league club. I'm not sure how much I'm buying that. And playing Me time too. is always hard to come by with the Rays, but I love everything that he's going got going on there. The power is prodigious. You know, it would have been like a top 10 
um, 90th percentile exit velo in baseball, not just in minor league baseball, but even among major leaguers. Um, I just worry about playing time. And then for Jackson holiday, I had him at four, maybe to paint a picture. Langford is my number one prospect. So that was not going to be, I was, we were going to go there after this, but so Langford is number one. Langford is number one. Do you feel Um, that is that driven at all by, or is it a hundred percent your points background? Is this from a points based perspective or do you, if it's not, is it driven? Do you think a little bit by that points for Because in a points format, I, I would think it's him or holiday should be one or two. I have them Langford one, uh, Caminero three. So I've been back and forth at one and two between Langford and Yamamoto. I'm not, you know, I think it depends on league context who I would take in an FYPD first, getting a 25 year old starting pitcher, the very top of a draft. If you're competing makes a ton of sense. And then Caminero at three holiday at four Churio at five. And the only reason holidays at four is because I'm not willing to treat uh, a massive jump in power output from Jackson Holiday as a certainty, even though I know pretty clearly what his dad looks like, they have different builds. And so not all the pieces are there in the same way for Holiday, primarily the power, but his floor is, is you know, probably number two behind Langford. You know, it's interesting about that because like, I, I mean, I disagree because I have Jackson Holiday at one, but part of it, and maybe it's like old hat type of stuff that's always in my head, power's the last tool to develop. But I feel like, I'm not trying to be combative about it, but I feel like when you say that that's built in comparison to those guys and maybe not in comparison to who he is. And I think that might be better context because I think people look at Churio as like another Ronald Acuna Langford, you know, in that Mike Trout body build Mm -hmm. and Kevin, these are all 30 plus home run guys. And if you look at holiday from that perspective, okay, yeah, maybe he's a tier down, but he might be the best pure hitter. Uh, he, I know Langford in his short sample size had a really great OBP, but Holiday just spent a whole season yeah. going over 100 walks in a 400 OBP, four levels. Probably has the best contact bat, and he legit could be the next Bobby Witt Jr. And that's how I th- and like maybe Bobby hits a little bit harder, but I mean he might be a 20 something 40 like that. That's yeah. where he could go. So I guess that's that's the, those are the nits that I pick when we get into the power conversation with holiday of like, yeah, he might not be 30, but I don't think he needs to have 30 homers to, to like almost hands down, be the best of that group. Is that, does that sound off? Yeah, that's totally right. We're talking about his power relative to some of the best power bats in the minors. So sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life did you if you could would you when we come through it's true magic because we came to play 
Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, fellas, here's how it works. $15 for a In this league. What's this? In this league. <laughs> if you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. $4. To say, like, yeah, maybe he's he's 20 home runs. We'll see where the speed ends up. If it is 40, maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical about his foot speed than you are. But if it is 40, Fantrax tra- fan standard treats a stolen base the same number of points as a uh, double. So if you're, you know, tacking on, 20 doubles more than I think he, he may end up then. Yeah. I think I wouldn't argue with holiday at one for sure. So what would, it would anything change if I could delete your points brain for a second and you just think categories, does anything change a little bit here or was Um, this you also presenting this kind of like in my realm a little bit more? Yeah, totally. I think it's still probably Langford at one for me. It might be Holiday after that and then Churio and bumping Caminero down a little bit simply because of the playing time and he's not going to contribute anything in a stolen base category. So I, I wouldn't argue with anybody who has them in any order for either format. That's a great point. That's a really important point is like these aren't worth arguing. It's just worth talking about because yeah. these are all like elite prospects. I think it's interesting. They, the shape of their production is going to be very different. Yeah. Well, and, and again, um, that's why I phrased the question of like, if you were to pick, you know, who is the guy that might have the, the highest probability of failure, because the odds have the odds tell us at the end of the day, these guys are not all going to pan out. Like it just doesn't happen. Like we dream them on it, blah, blah, blah. But then you get down. I mean, think of like, I mean, sometimes the odds go high. If you think of like the first year player draft from 19 and it was like Vaughn, Witt, Adley and Jason Dominguez all at the top, you're actually might be in shock that three of the four are in higher elite territories, even though Jason is hurt. And Vaughn, of all the guys, by the way, who in some people had Vaughn won, Vaughn is the least approachable from a fantasy perspective. Um, before we get into the players that we like, when you're looking at like, you know, the top half of a list, obviously your list is going to be a little bit different than where all of our lists are going to be a little bit different. But where is your skepticism in the top like? 10 to 25 hitters that exist. Maybe it could be something I have. It could be an industry take. It could be something that you feel uncomfortable, comfortable about. I mean, I'm higher on like Spencer Jones than a lot of people and maybe Mm -hmm. Merrill. You see a lot of people with Roman Anthony. Uh, There's a lot of different ways you can take this, but if, if you had some skepticism to the top 20 to 25 hitters yourself, industry, or even somebody else is, does anybody come to mind? I, stuffed uh Adel Amador pretty high and I'm using him as an example because I think he has one elite tool he's a, a great hit tool everything else is kind of in between and so where my skepticism lies with a lot of prospects is I want an extreme foundation so like two six or better tools or I want uh I get stressed out about these guys who are really well, well-rounded but don't do anything plus or double plus, you know what I mean? Like that are just the very best 
at a particular tool. And so Adel Amador, because his hit tool is so good, I stuffed him up the list for points leagues. Not striking out is kind of a big deal, especially in K penalty formats. Um, Steven Kwan is a great example of this. But generally speaking, in my top 25 or top 50, the player type that gives me the most fits are people, players who don't have a, a standout handful of tools. That's a good one because I differ from everybody else with Amador be, kind of because of what you said. Like, I think obviously the hit tool is near the tippy top. And to be fair, in the short sample size of what he did in the under 300 at bats, you put it over a full season and you're talking about like a 20, 30 guy, like at minimum. But I'm kind of with you. I'm also not sure that the, I don't know if the speed is going to be elite. Like you look at Cal numbers and you're like, okay, let's suppress that a little bit in our expectations. Cause in, in the Cal league in 2022, yeah. 15 homers, 26 stolen bases. He goes across three levels uh, this past year with a little bit of time in complex. And it was really like a balls where he did the majority of his stuff. But it's like, is he more than a 15-15 guy with high right. batting average? Because if, if that tool does develop into more like elite looking power and he steals a little bit more aggressive, well, all of a sudden you go from like, oh, he's a he's a solid, fun prospect to like, oh, wait, he might he might be like sneaky elite. You know, he might be 20-30. Like that's where he could go. I'm on the side that I'm not sure that either the power or the speed really shine and I think he might be a primary number eight hitter early on. Yeah. But he doesn't strike out a bunch, which is really great. But I, I don't know if that is going to speak great to fantasy. So it's really interesting you brought him up because I I feel like I'm one of the few that is a little bit indifferent about him, where I feel like everybody else is very confident and locked in. Yeah, I'll put it this way. If I'm going to stuff you way up a list, you're going to have an elite hit tool and uh, an assortment of fives. You know, if if that's the rest of your profile, the hit tool needs to be elite. I also stuffed Spencer Jones pretty high. I have him sitting at 29, which was relatively high a few months ago. He's been getting some helium, but the I tools have, are- I have him higher. It makes, it makes me very uncomfortable where I have him because I'm always like, why does no one else like him? So yes, let's talk, talk me up on Spencer Jones so I feel comfortable. Spencer Jones is such a freak. Um, Matt Pajak runs uh, a business called Loden Sports. They do athletic testing. It's a scale of one to 10 on, um, I believe it's power- explosiveness and quickness and Spencer Jones broke that scale. So he was like a top 0.01% athlete at six foot seven, which is bananas. And he hits the ball harder than maybe anybody in the, the minor leagues. What is, I think holding some people back on him is the contact rates weren't excellent. They kind of hovered around 70% all year long. And the thing that I think folks need to to remember with him is he was not a full-time hitter. He entered uh, his collegiate career as a pitcher with Vanderbilt. Yeah, absolutely. He was a two-way player at Vandy. Yep. Uh, had TJ and then came back and hit full-time for one year. So even though he is an SEC college bat, he has a, a much shorter track record as an everyday hitter than what is typical you know, for that demographic. And so in my mind, with his size and power and speed, if his swing decisions jump like half a grade, if his bat to ball jumps like half a grade, we're talking about, and this feel this, it makes me uncomfortable to say this out loud, but we're talking MVP upside given the assortment of physical tools that he has. I'm I'm with I'm with you. I'm with you on a lot of those, and that's why I like he's one of those guys that stands out to me too. Where I look and I go, okay, you know, with how the fantasy baseball community likes to treat 
the upside plays, I get shocked at where I, where I see Spencer Jones comparatively to a lot of other players, because yeah, the contact rates are definitely something that you're going to question, but also like, look at the elite hard hit numbers. Look at the elite counting stats. I mean, 16 homers in the 480 is solid with over 40 stolen bases at his, at his size is absolutely absurd. And I think the, the most important thing with him too, is focusing on like future progression. Like you said, we're following, mm-hmm. all right, what do the contact rates look like this year? What, what is the next step? Funny enough, he was actually going to be one of the players I had heard three days up until, or let's just call it a week. Cause I'm being too specific, but a week up until the AFL, he was coming, he was wow. invited and he was going to be coming to the AFL. And then he got, uh, for whatever reason, maybe the Yankees held him back, but, but this is happening to some teams and players because there are, uh, there's a lot more camps that these teams are able to run now that these players are being paid full time. So they're getting actually a little bit more internally out of their guys that like, you know, if the work is there and he can show some slight improvements on strikeout rate, some contact rate, you talked about one of the most important things here. This this was a this is this is like a eighteen month hitter you know like something yeah. along those lines maybe last two years like he has been battling between them from a pure raw still skills standpoint he absolutely flies through the roof and this is why I'm banking on him right now and I'm glad to see because you had put him on the list of uh, this does count by the way not just a perfect transition this does count as one of the players that we love and th- I actually highlighted this because. Beck put him on here and this would have been mine as well because I am absurdly high. I got him inside the top 20. Yeah. I, I, I think in a, a roto format, that makes even more sense. If he is going to be 30 plus stolen bases, maybe he doesn't run that much at the big league level to keep him healthy. But I think I'm happy to hear that you've stuffed him way up your list too. Uh, the other thing with him is like, you know, we talk about 18 month hitter. That's even harder for a guy who's six foot seven. There's so much strike zone to contend with. I'm sure he's still learning how pitchers are going to attack him with uh, how long his levers are. So I don't know these guys that are extreme outlier athletes that with one or two small changes are going to explode. I like to bet on those guys too. It's just, you know, I don't think Emmanuel Rodriguez is on the rundown. I could be wrong. Um, I I have those guys back to back for similar reasons. I mean, just huge power. Um, Manuel Rodriguez just needs to swing a little bit more. There's some troubling in zone contact, but it's like he's a tweak or a half a tweak away from being one of the best players in minor league baseball. You know, it actually, it's weird. I don't know if the twins have this, but that was kind of a similar thing with like Edward Julian because Edward Julian, you know, his strikeout rate was high, but his whiff rate was one of the, or his chase rate was one of the lowest. It was near the very t- uh, bitty bottom. And a lot of that had to do with him driving counts because he didn't like the pitch. And then he would get hyper aggressive. Amanda Rodriguez, I I almost wonder if the twins, there was a period of time where the giants had this, um, this thing where it was like all guys with high OBPs. It was like all these players, the Jairo Primeris and Luis Castilla, all these guys that were running high O Casey Schmidt. And that was kind of their thing. I wonder if there is something in their twins development because Rodriguez is actually something I was going to talk about here in in a little bit too of like the players to not quite ready. I have a couple of players. I'm not ready to give up on. I'm higher Mm -hmm. on them than most others because I don't want to, I don't want to give in because I think the talent's there. Rodriguez is definitely one of those players that kind of counts there. I'm a little bit worried about 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Um, you want to punch me right now, but you won't. Why don't you punch me in the face? Punch me in the face! Hey, Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my... In this league. Like multiple years now of, like, where it's going. Like, yeah, like, like I, I give Spencer Jones, like, more of a leash than I feel like I'm giving Emmanuel Rodriguez. But Emmanuel Rodriguez still has a lot of the underlying stuff. We just need to see, like, a step we're not seeing a step happen yeah. over two years due to injury but also like coming off of the injury there wasn't a whole lot of like massive production off of rodriguez yeah he's one of the more weird players in the minors i think it was something like 49 percent of his plate appearances ended in a strikeout or a walk and it's just because he doesn't swing the bat i think he had a swing rate of like 36 percent, which is bottom five percentile in minor league baseball um so kind of weird to evaluate especially when you have you know, two back-to-back seasons that were abbreviated. It's also like, you know, he played at Cedar Rapids. It's it's cold here to start the year. I can speak from experience living in Minnesota. I was not much warmer in April than Minnesota is. And so you see a lot of these cold weather, um, early season struggles, and that's not totally fair to them either. So anyway, it's a long way to say, I agree with you. I want to see it over a larger sample with Emmanuel Rodriguez been hard with with injury the last two years so easy to talk about guys that we love back we're just sitting here yeah. just a couple dudes talking prospects we love <laughs> these guys it's an easy thing to do here's a guy that i like and um i've ranked him as such and i feel like there's been a little bit of dissent i suppose in, in some people's thought process but you tell me man kobe mayo kobe mayo if i could try to identify someone that i really think i love it's him i, I put him right near the inside the top 10 i love obviously the big power numbers Put together as a 21, 22 year old hitting 290, almost 30 homers this past year. Just absolutely absurd. Um, uh, four over 400 OBP as well. 
some really good underlying stuff, led minor leagues and doubles. He had 45 doubles with those homers, by the way. And in AAA, he was putting up, he didn't have an overtly huge, also because of sample size, but like big max EVs, but he really held, I thought this was impressive. He had a 112 max EV in AAA, but he maintained an almost 92 average exit velocity. And I know so many people do not care about ever average exit velocity. I've started to look at it a little bit more and a little bit differently. If I'm being honest with you, after talking to Manzardo and what Manzardo had to say, kind of opens up my eyes a little bit on how these guys do it. But uh, two of my favorites, over 50% hard hit rate in AAA and an almost double digit barrel percentage. Those are like keys to elite big power hitters in the major leagues. And he has all of those intangibles. And this is a guy that I love for that. Now he does not provide the uh, the stolen bases that you're really going to want. But I really think this could be like a Austin Riley type of player. So I'm very, very high on Kobe Mayo. Do you love Kobe Mayo like I do? I do love Kobe Mayo. Where, just for clear, where do you have him in your? I have at ten. I have at ten overall. Okay, I have him at twelve. So very similar ballpark. Um, he, I think it's good process at least in in uh, fantasy dynasty to follow the money a little bit. We've seen Mike Elias do this a couple of times now, where they go under slot at the top of the draft and then take somebody in the third or fourth round and give them like back end of the first round money. Remember Kobe when it was Mayo. a joke, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, I remember like only years, only two years ago or whatever, it was like this, oh, LOL, the Orioles, they're going to screw it up because they're going to under slot. They're going to pass up some big talent, LOL. And now you look and it's the best minor league system, like in baseball right now, like they're proving us all. They're just, they're laughing. They're LOLing in our faces. They're ahead of a lot of major league baseball in draft strategy. And you know, the guys that they went under slot on, Heston Kersad, Colton Kowser, they've panned out pretty well so far too, even if their major league debuts, you know, their short sample in MLB hasn't been outstanding. They're just, you know, they've, they figured out draft pool management at a level that I don't know that any other team in baseball has. Um, but back to Mayo, he just hits the crap out of the ball. He hits the ball so hard. Um, and at good angles, which he doesn't necessarily need to do, like he doesn't need to pull his fly balls to get them out of the yard. He had a 107 uh, mile per hour, 90th percentile EV, which is my favorite, you know, predictive measure of, of power. I think average has its merits too. Um, and he makes plenty of contact too. His end zone contact rate at AAA was 82%. I think that's around what the MLB average is. So it's not like he's swinging out of his shoes to get to it either. Um, and I don't think that the uh, dimension changes in Camden Yards really matter for a guy who hits the ball as hard as he does in the air as often as he does either. So for a, a points format, I'm a little bit surprised you're uh, higher on him than I am, uh-huh. even if it's just two spots. Um, but I don't care about the stolen bases. I think you said it with the doubles. That's as good as a stolen base for me. So I do yeah. love Kobe Mayo. Yeah, I mean, one of the big differences that I think you're going to have that might be pushing it, well, two things here. I also don't rank uh, Yamamoto in my (laughs) prospect list. So if I did, we'd be pushing him down one slot. The other thing in a points format, you're probably going to value pitchers above. You have, I'm I'm just assuming here, do you have Paul Skeens as your number one pitching prospect? Uh, Well, after Yamamoto, I have Yamamoto at two. Yeah, I'm sorry. Skeens at 11, yeah. So just one spot ahead of me. So there you go. I have Mayo one spot above Skeens. You have Skeens one spot above Mayo. And in a points format, you're going to probably value pitching a little bit. That was something I did want to talk about because 
you know, Yamamoto is really interesting. Um, all these, uh, the, I mean, we're talking our favorite hitters. We already did pitching, but like pitching kind of can convolute some of this, especially when you're talking about a points league. So that might be some of the differences. So I think you and I, if you do the math of taking Yamamoto away here in the Skeens points league thing, I think we probably have the exact same true value of Kobe Mayo, which yeah. this might seem crazy, but I have Mayo over James Wood. And I know a lot of people really like James Wood. I think um, I do too. Yeah, I've I've just struggled. I have that weird relationship with James Wood of just, you know, him struggling when I see him and some of the swing and miss and some of the regression from this year. But he's also like, you know, the lazy comp. But if you were looking for the next type of Ellie player, it's James Wood, just big physical freak who can run yeah. and smash, you know, baseballs and stuff. But I, I think there is like Ellie, there's like more volatility in his game. And and I look at Mayo, when you look at the top you know, even 25, 50, it doesn't matter. Just anywhere in the list. And you go and you look and you go, all right, how many do you feel confident are going to hit 30 home runs in the majors in the next like five years? Because when I start to look here, it's like at least, well, in the next five years, probably all the, the top four. But then you start going, you're like Lawler, eh, Noel V, I don't know, James. I'm just going down this some of this list, you know, DeLauder, I kind of think so. But like, I am almost hundred percent confident Kobe Mayo is going to do it. And I don't have that confidence with a lot of players on this list. You know, there's a few that we're going to get down to. We're actually going to talk about uh, another one or two, but that that's what's um, uniquely fascinating to me about him versus the speed chase of a guy like James, because James Wood is, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough, man. It is tough. He has a little bit of the Spencer Jones problem where he's so big that, and so young that he's learning to manage the zone. I do have Kobe Mayo ahead. I went back and checked. I have Mayo at 12, Wood at 14. And actually looking at this, with Wood at 14 and Jones at 29, I'm not sure why there's such a big gap between them. And see, that's funny because I have James Wood at 11 and Jones at 16. So I'm like, okay. I'm I'm put them in a little group right next to each it's, other. It's so funny. So the top 100 is a 110-page document. It's a PDF. You know, you can go to the Dynasty Dugout and read it for free. But it took me four months and we're two weeks out. I'm already like, why? Why did I do yeah. that? You know, it's, it, it's the never ending thing. I, I really, it would be a great experiment for everybody that listens to these stuff, like play around and do this. Cause I, I think there's some people you interact with over time. They get like, well, it's changing so much. And it's like, because you're just never, you're always questioning. You should always question oh, yeah. your process and about, and then you come back and look at it. And I, enjoy, I love whether I'm doing my own or guesting on a podcast and we talk about these things and I do exactly what you just did. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you, you really start to, you, somebody presents something that you didn't think about or in a different way. And then you're like, you know what push comes to shove. I would blah, 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 you know, whatever that is. And you have to kind of rethink that. So that's funny. Cause you can, and what you're getting at is that here spends four months writing this, ab- this absolutely monstrous, which you should check out, by the way. It's, it's a lot of work into it. But then you go and you're like, damn it. Do I need to, do I need to redo some of this? Like, do I need to, what, why did I do it this way? Yeah, it's it's never ending. And I think that's yeah. a good thing. I want to be plugged into where I'm valuing players. And it's like, you know, I'll put out the work and 15 minutes later, someone will have uh, a, a question. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? There is some validity to that. So let me dive back in. Or I see you know, a bit on Twitter as I'm working on this document, all of a sudden, you know, the whole thing changes, right? Like it's fluid. It's a very, it should be a fluid process. Yeah. 100%. I mean. 
Yeah. And so that's what we're both at. Okay. So um, those are two, we've only gone through two players, by the way, in all this fun conversation, two <laughs> players that have made our list of the players that we love Spencer Jones, Kobe Mayo. Let's go to uh second on your list. This is a great name. He's depending where you look probably anywhere from like 25 to 50 on a lot of lists, maybe pushing out a little bit. I actually had the opportunity to hang and I didn't, I wasn't able to this weekend to hang with Colt Emerson, Colt Emerson, Absolutely popped on the scene with the Mariners after being drafted. The whole crew, we didn't get to see really Johnny Farmello, but Ty Pete got out there and Emerson ends up hitting 374, couple homers, steals some bases, spent the offseason uh, building up those thighs, getting a bigger, sturdier, lower half. The hit tool looks like it's near the tippy top. That's the big kind of crazy thing. Low strikeout guy, walk double digit time. I mean, if you look at A ball, you know. Cal League is Cal League, but at that level of advancement, going in and walking almost as much as you strike out at that is really impressive. This is he he he's getting weirdly comped a lot to his teammate Cole Young, but I'm not sure. I personally don't believe that they belong in the same tier. I know some do, but what say you? Because this is your love of Colt Emerson. Yeah, I haven't been very quiet about my love for Colt Emerson. I tweeted about him a lot uh, post draft, and I kind of have to, as much as I love him. I do have to sit shotgun on the hype train for him. Alex Jensen shoved him even higher than I did earlier than I did. He also loves Colt Emerson. And it's when I was doing FYD, FYPD prep right after the draft, I'm video scouting all of these preps, you know, whether that be through uh prep baseball report or, you know, and any place I can get my hands on video, Colt Emerson just popped the barrel accuracy was insane to take a pitch kind of anywhere in the zone and shoot it, you know, the same direction it, it came, um, was nuts. And then I got my hands on some of his pro data and it was impressive. Um, I'd be willing to put like a six 65 on his power based on, you know, the 90th percentile exit velo, um, and his, uh, you know, his bat to ball is otherworldly too. I think it was an 88% zone contact rate, which is firmly plus, and he's bigger than he was at draft time. You know, these kids, they get drafted. They're 17, 18 years old. I don't know about you, Welsh, but a lot of growth still happening for me after 17, 18. Uh, and Colt Emerson looks it. So um, on your question about Cole Young, I have Colt Emerson significantly higher than Cole Young. And Cole Young is the kind of player that I was referring to earlier where it's like maybe 55s across the board. Um, that doesn't excite me. I know that there is like a cohort of prospectors who will say, I'm not interested in rostering a prospect unless there is absolute ceiling potential. It's kind of how I feel about Cole Young. He could be a very good, you know, maybe above average regular when all is said and done, but I see a lot more for Colt Emerson. Yeah. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to be careful about how I do this because people are going to be like, what? But Colt Emerson reminds me of something that occurred to me today and it's something we all deal with and whatever but it was just something in watching that was in applications at the royals sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Come. Hey, in this league. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. I've got a couple players that I'm not giving up on, but we'll talk about that on part two of this episode. And there you go. Part one in the books. Part two is coming up next week, early next week, as I am out where we are going to be going into some deeper names. Beck's got some good ones. I've got some good ones, I hope. I think you guys will dig. And that'll be a good stage setter going into the Bold Prediction series that we're going to do because I think that's going to be something that'll be exciting. And hopefully, I will also be able to share a little bit more information. I've got at least three to four more camps before this episode is going to, the open is going to be recorded and before I'm out for about a week and I'm kind of detached. I won't be seeing anything Hopefully, I'm going to have some like other cool nuggets to share for you guys. Uh, just a few out there. I'm optimistic about Drew Jones. Yay. That's a, a really big one. Uh, but man, I, have, I still haven't seen like Wyatt Langford. I didn't get to see him in camp yet. That's the thing. Those are the things I'm like really dying to do. But I am going to go scoot over to Brewers Camp in a day or two. And that is where I'm hoping to see some Sal Freelich. I know not Prospect. Jackson Churio. And honestly, Brock Wilkin, who we did some talking about here. I really want to see what he's got going on, and hopefully I'll be able to get access to some of the uh, minor league stuff. So that's going to do it for the episode. You guys want, go and check out my buddy Dennis Sidler. Speaking of Brock Wilkins, speaking of Colt Emerson, Jackson Churio, yep, and more. He just had that big signing. He also had some major leaguers, Lourdes Gurriel, Christian Walker, Justin Steele stuff. I can personally tell you, as the extra benefit, I was there for every single item that was signed and there's some pretty cool stuff. The London series baseballs. Go and check them out. Sid's Graphs on eBay, also on the social media, sidsgraphs.com. Those will take you to all the places. Go and get you some stuff. And I appreciate his support and his friendship getting to hang out and do all that. You guys can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. And we will talk to you for part two. More of our favorite hitters coming up. I'm excited to do that. Find us over at InThisLeague.com. Sign up today. Until next time, it's Prospect One. And I'll talk to you then. Bye, friends. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.